Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pallet right here. The late night flight is paid for by the following. Time to play the game where we find out who's capping. It is... This is some This is the game where we find out if this is the bullsh**. Ah, yeah. That's Sua, dude. And alongside with me is co-producer Smart Smarts. What's going on with your player? Everything's good, bro. Everything's good. I'm well. I'm very happy and very proud of the Late Night Flight podcast. We did our first visual uh, last week. And I can't wait for the people to see that footage. And I'm looking forward to having people on this show. Um, and that's about it, bro. We got some things that's coming up. We have some guests and have a good time. So I'm just excited about what's coming and what we've been doing behind the scenes the past couple of weeks. So let me get this straight. So everything that I write down and I tell you what I want to do, you just go tell America for me. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Thank you. you. Gotta give them a sneak peek. That's what they want. I, I want to let America know that I'm also a ventriloquist. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just playing. Ready to play the game, bro? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Monica and Anthony Mackie attended the 2022 Country Music Awards in Nashville, Tennessee this past March. The R&B singer joined Jimmy Allen in Little Big Town for a performance of a song called Pray, while the Avengers actor co-hosted the big event with Kane Brown. The participation of black talent led a white reporter to express that there were so many black people at this year's Country Music Awards show. Monica recently caught wind of a video of a white reporter, Patrick Howley, complaining that this year's Country Music Awards show was a train wreck. He began with a critique of Anthony Mackie, who co-hosted the event in place of a white country pop singer, Kelsey Ballerini. I'm sorry. Kelsey B-A-L-L-E-R-I-N-I. So you know what I'm about to say. Kelsey Bolin, <laughs> <laughs> Who tested positive for COVID-19. I hope you get well. I don't know who this black guy is who's hosting it. It's supposed to be country music. This is what Holly said in the video, Smarts. No offense, I mean... Y'all have hip-hop and basketball. Know what I mean? It's like, just fly with your flock, bro. He continued, I'm not against you, but you're up here being like the melanated people invented country music. We was making country music in Wakanda before Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard done stole the black man's country music. It's all right, bro. It's just so angry. Smarts, I ask you, is it the bullshit that this white man also forgot to say that the late great Ray Charles just got inducted into the Country Hall of Fame this month? So that means Wakanda is Nashville, Tennessee, motherfucker. Word, that's some BS. Yo, that's, yo, the audacity. According to MSN.com, smoking marijuana at least once a month is linked to an elevated risk of heart attack, according to a new study among nearly 160,000 people in the United Kingdom. The research published this past Friday looked at more than 11,000 people ages 40 and 69 who said they smoked marijuana at least once a month. The scientists then compared that group to 122,000 other people in the same age bracket who do not smoke marijuana and nearly 23,000 more people who smoke less frequently. The study offers control for age, gender, and body mass index, three factors that influence the risk of heart disease and found that people who smoked marijuana frequently were more likely than people who did not smoke weed have a first heart attack before the age of 50. Having one heart attack increases the lifelong risk of having another or developing heart failure. 
Smarts, I ask you, is it the bull that I ain't gonna stop the smoke, so bring on the stroke? Wow. <laughs> I can't say nothing to that. <laughs> this dude is off the chain. According to GolfDigest.com, 74-year-old Robert Levine is under arrest for attempted first-degree murder for shooting 64-year-old Herbert Merritt in the ankle after he found Merritt walking his dog along the 15th hole of Kings Point Golf Club just before 7 p.m. this past Sunday. Merritt told deputies he was walking his dog on the grass next to the golf course when Levine rode up in his golf cart. You know we got to say that better. He pulled up on him in his golf cart right. and began causing a verbal altercation with him due to him having his dog on the golf course, which is supposed to be a cardinal sin in the world of golf. He then began shooting at him while Merritt was running away. Oh, wow. Levine chased Merritt around a tree while continuing to shoot. Merritt said he shot about five rounds at him and he felt that Levine was trying to kill him. According to the witnesses who called the police as the altercation unfolded, the semi-automatic handgun, how you had that in the golf cart? So, so Tory Lanez can have a semi-automatic weapon on his way out of a pool party, and this motherfucker have a semi-automatic weapon on, on a golf course. On a golf course. That's right. Fuzzy Zella. That's right. So, anyway, let's go back. According to witnesses who called the police as an altercation unfolded, the semi-automatic handgun police found in Levine's front left pocket a short while wasn't enough. Witnesses told deputies they saw Levine kick Merritt in the head, go back in his cart, get a club, and begin beating Merritt with the club while holding the gun in his left hand. Oh, gangsters. He was he's mad, man. Deputies said they found shell cases on the ground and two golf clubs with what appeared to be blood on him. Smarts, I ask you, is it the bull that if it was Tiger Woods walking his dog on the golf course, we would have a dog, no tiger? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It looked like he was trying to end him too. I don't know. I can't, I can't even, we can't even make this about that, boy. Homeboy must have just been weak with that golf club because he ain't supposed to be after a gunshot wound and a beat down from a golf club. Oh, my goodness. He was trying to check him out. And finally, Young Thug has stirred up a debate on social media with his bold rule for broke men. Thugger believes that men shouldn't have kids if they're broke. On April 30th, an Instagram blog shared a video of Young Thug in the studio from April the 28th sharing his thoughts about parents producing children without any finances. The Atlanta rapper came up with what he calls an oath for broke men. God needs to set some rules. We need new rules. We need a new oath. If you're dead broke, if you are a broke ass, you should not be able to nut. You're bringing poor kids into this world. You're making rob and kill and steal because you're running around with no type of career, no nothing. Now your kids growing up wanting your kids growing up looking at thug and his gang. Smarts, I ask you. I ask you, Smarts. Smarts, yeah, I ask you. Yeah. I ask you, Smarts. Smarts, I ask you. But, yeah, bro. I need to. I need to hear this question. Smarts, you're a father. I'm a father. Smarts, are you ready, Smarts? I'm ready. Smarts, are you ready? I'm ready. Is I'm... it the bull? Is it the bull? Is it the bull that the realest you have ever heard regarding a man's fertility came from a cross dresser with six kids? You ain't gotta answer that. Mm -hmm. You, you, bye bye. It's a bunch of us. I'm a head in the colony. Who the fuck is that?
Everybody on a Martin, everybody marching for a young nigga like me to get tsunami on it. I'ma get it, I'ma win a baby. I'll be on my curry till I crash your bird. 40 on attack. Yeah, I'll make the nerdy if it's at the appellation to the appellation. I'ma do whatever that they take to make a black nation. Hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Sweets, and I'm your chief flight attendant. On behalf of the pilot and the entire crew, welcome aboard the late night flight. And here is your captain, the now river of New Jersey, the pilot of Tuskegee Training, the greatest henny badger who has ever lived, the creator of Black Pilot Radio and the late night flight. Here is the victorious one, Nassour Nuru. What up, my pilots? We are first in priority. Donate to the cash app dollar sign the late night flight to get this work from minorities. The late night flight, oh, you never heard of it? Turn up the turbulence. Catch us on these Apple Podcasts and these Spotify services. iHeartRadio, Facebook, and the late night QR scan. Download Audible, download Amazon Music just to hear us back and forth like a U-Haul fan. Hey, I started out not ahead of you. Now look at me, young pilot with a better view. Making sure you can hear all 88 episodes wherever, wherever, wherever. Ever podcast are available. Now let's take off. Top 20 best RB songs, male or female. Okay, this should be good. Of the 90s, this should be good. I'm going to run it down, and you know what to do. Okay. Keisha, smarts, let's get this list started, shall we? Number 20, Tony Braxton, You're Making Me High, 1996. What y'all think about that? You know, we got to hit number 19. Let's go. Number 19, In Vogue, You're Never Gonna Get It. The actual song is named My Lovin'. Didn't know that. I always thought it was You're Never Gonna Get It. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> wow. Okay. 1992. Keisha, what you think? Keep going? Yeah, keep going. Don't sound good. All right. Number 18, Trump Tower. I mean, R. Kelly. Bump and grind. <laughs> 1993. Um, Yo, tell me with this <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, okay. I think it might need to be higher, but they killed him. Wow. So. He killed him. <laughs> Robert. Hey, yo, hey, yo. Number 17, Michael Jackson, Remember the Time, 1992. Woo! That's too low, but let's go. Yeah, I like that one. That's supposed to be like a, when you say a higher number, or you yeah, say at least low? At least top 15. It's, it need to be 11, maybe. Okay. You know, like the high-low thing, because I'm, I'm doing it from 20, is messing me up. So when you, so, meant, when you said lower, you're just saying it should be... Lower, the number should be higher on the list. Right. Wait, so it should be like number 19, 20, you're saying? No. Higher on the list, meaning closer to number one. Oh, okay, got you. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, my bad. So when I say lower, mm-hmm. it's, it should be, never mind. No, you know it's what all, I'm saying? I, you know I understand. Saying? Yeah. We're friends. We're friends. We're friends. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but everybody else like, yo, what the <laughs> f- is he talking about? We, we friends, Smarts. We friends. I know what you're talking about. We friends. <laughs> number 16, Adina Howard, Freak Like Me, 1995. What number was that again? That was number 16. Okay. That can sit right there. That can sit right there? Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll, we'll go from, not the top, but- But we'll, that's higher than, remember the top? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So here we go. I Tony, mean- What yeah. you about to say, Keisha? What you about to say, Keisha? I mean, listen, that song evolved into something for young women. So I think it's good where it's at. Okay. Number 20, Tony Braxton, You're Making Me High, 
Number 19, uh, Invo, whoop, whoop, uh, Number 18, R. Kelly, I don't see nothing wrong except when I do what exactly what I said I'm going to do. <laughs> 1993. Uh, <laughs> number 17, Michael Jackson, Remember the Time. That was an excellent video. That was one of the fire videos They had a ever. world premiere of the video. They stopped everything to premiere that video. It was crazy. And it was, it was worth the advertisement. It was worth every dollar of them shutting down any Saturday morning cartoon for me to watch that movie. I mean, watch, but it was a movie. Might as well have been a movie. And then he had a nerve to have it. It's my first uh, time I ever kissed a woman on, on film. You, you got you to watch it. Hurry up. Watch it. <laughs> I'm like, I will. I will, Michael. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Number 16, Adina Howard, Freak Like Me. Number 15, Ghost Town DJ's Ma Boo. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Okay. That one still be rocking. Just when they had, a, didn't they do like a whole challenge or something with that song? Like, yeah, but it's rocking. higher than Remember the Time. That's killing me. Go ahead. Number fourteen, Usher. You make me wanna go to the clinic. Wow. No, I'm just playing. Usher, you make me wanna. Nineteen ninety seven. Okay, okay. That's fine. That's, though, right? that's fine. Where it's at. That's yo. fine. Wait, what number was that one? Uh, that was number fourteen. Oh, okay. Number fourteen. You make me wanna. Number thirteen. Janet Jackson. That's the way love goes. Ooh, that's a good spot. That's a good yeah. spot. That's a good spot. Mm-hmm. She has a, a a part two to this song. It's called That's the Way Love Goes in Aaron. Wow. Anyway. <laughs> Number 12. Number 12. What? Nah, nothing. I was getting ready to say something stupid. That's then accurate. I thought, then I thought about it. Yeah, don't, don't I, do it. I'm just going to keep it to myself. My, mine's is fine. Come on, that was like fair. You, you know I was going to go. Boom. I was going to take it to the top. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. We ain't gonna... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's keep it moving. Number 12, Mariah Carey, Always Be My Baby. I think mm. I think she was singing the Puff or Mace. One yeah, or the that other. might be lower. That shouldn't be that high. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, that shouldn't be that high. Number eleven, Black Street, no diggity, no doubt. That yeah. should be. Yeah, that's good. Okay, I think that's too high. But okay. I think that's good. You know, y'all was BK bouncing it. Stop acting like that. Y'all be forgetting about the time. You know I was like? there. I was. I was there. Keisha, I'm, let me tell you, Keisha. 19, like, well, not 1990, but the 90s, 90s R&B, for me, is the favorite, is like, I said, the favorite. My favorite era of R&B. Exactly. I love that style of R&B. I love the, like, the heavy D, the Bobby Brown, like, the the dancing with, it's not necessarily, like, the, um, like, the crazy, like, uh, like, Ralph Trasvent singing, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's more of, like, a bebop type of, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. the boys to men. What up, what up, boys to men? What up, what, what, what? I used to like that. I ain't gonna hold you. That was that was the right. I came into my preteens and my teens, you know what I'm saying, in the 90s. I was at all the parties, dancing to all that. The kids' parties, the block parties, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. Speaking the of block parties, parties. The basement parties. Oh. Speaking of basement parties, speaking of block parties, number 10. This is how we do it. That's an R and B record? This is what I'm saying. This is the type of stuff that I like because it's not a real R and B record. But it's an R&B record. Okay. Because it's a dude that sings, that sing it. But, uh, yeah. you know. Okay. But okay. that's but that's that's the stuff that I like. That's that's Bobby Brown to me. Yeah. Bobby Brown is a dude that says he's a singer. You can't sing, but I'm with you, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But go ahead, Bobby. Wow. Yeah. Bobby, like, it's my prerogative. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right, bro. I do what I want to do. You're right. And you you're, are. And you're doing it. And you're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm like, yo, and you're doing it. <laughs> Number nine. 
Our favorite song, uh, our favorite song, Smart 112 featuring <laughs> 112 featuring Notorious B.I.G. and Mace, only you. Okay. Fire. Okay, that I, I think that might be too high on the list, but I get yeah, it. Yeah, me too. I think it's I too high, it. but it's dope, but it's Wait, it's hold too up. High. Wasn't that when Mace said you could hum all you, you want, want to, come all you want to? Come on, yo. Girl, I want to flaunt hey, you. Hey, yo, I I'm was always want you when nobody wants you. If I die now, my love was still... I, I was singing it like Buster for that's, a second. Like, that's oh. when I knew I thought I was fly, but I was still broke in the hood because you get like some new Nikes, but you have the one color shirt that just matched the checks, but you think you fly, though. You like, yo, hum all you want to. I knew I wasn't fly. I wanted one of them. I want. I wanted one of them Vances so goddamn bad. <laughs> I knew I was broke. <laughs> oh shoot, that's number nine. Let's go to number eight. Bell Biv DeVoe, Poison. Okay, I see where this list is going, and I don't like it. They can't see me, me neither. That's but I do like that song though. That's a, I like the that's song. That's an all time party song. It's though. all time, but it's too high. Well, Olaf, I gotta check out number seven. Let me know if this is too high. Number seven. Genuine pony. Nah. Nah, that's good. That's a good spot for pony. It's a good spot for pony? Yeah, yeah. Because the beat, that was the first time you heard something like that, like it's musically on the record with that meow, meow. That's the first time you heard anything like that. So that's good. Number six, Mariah Carey, Fantasy. That works. I knew, yeah, I knew Mariah was going to pop up on this list more than one time. Number five, SWV, Weak. But yes, yeah, that's that's a perfect spot for I'm, that. I'm with that. Number four, Aaliyah, are you that somebody? Number four, number four, that's too high. Yeah, I didn't like. Are you somebody? Are you that somebody? I mean, the beat was dope though. Like, see the what beat happened in the background and all that. I like that. So what happened, Keisha? Is they killed R. Kelly. <laughs> you killing me? <laughs> <laughs> this is not about music. Down the list. It, I see that the swap. Yeah, okay. you know what I'm saying. I get I'm it. just I'm just being objective here. Number three, Mary J. Blige, Real Love. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that I think yeah. that's fitting. That's that's fitting. Yeah, I, that's think fitting. That's the, I think that's 90s? the first. I think that's 90s? the first song Complex got right in the right spot. Nineties, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Real Love, number yeah. three. I'm with that. Yeah. These these two better be really. Oh, okay. Number two sounds okay. This this almost sounds right. Number two, Creep, TLC, 1994. No, I mean. Not okay. Hear me out. Not as far two. as you know, what it is, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna give him a pass and say this is right because 1994 Creep had to be the biggest song out. This was a hit hit though. It's not a the, lot of a lot came out of 94. Yeah. So okay, there T was a lot of competition TL, in 94. But, but TLC was probably with the biggest yeah. girl band in America. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I would give him that. Like I I gotta give him that top five, but not number two. Like to, like for me, yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. For me. Creep is not even a better song for woo 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 woo. It's not like I love the invoke woo 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 woo. That's, that's the song. That's the point that I'm trying to make. But TLC, what they did in '94, and they had Creep and Waterfalls and all that. It, it they yo uh, uh, that's like okay. They were so hot. Left our burden house up. You know I could talk wow. all day. I got two right. records. I got two records that's better than that right now. But go ahead. Seven oh two got a better song than that. Number one, end of the rule. Boys to me. Okay. All right. Now, now we, see, now hear me out. So now we got to cry. On see, the this is, cry this on the see, but for but, number one. Now, hold on. This was the most played song of all time. It beat uh, Elvis, Pref it, uh, Elvis Presley record. It That's was, not nice. Okay. Come on. So it, it played more than this is for my homies. Yo, that was a great yeah, song. This is for my homies. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, 
Which song came out first? End of the Road or Gangsta's uh, Gangsta Lee? Lee? I don't know, but I bet you everybody going to be singing Gangsta Lee after they listen to this episode. Yeah, they will be. Searchlight Pictures has suspended production on the feature film Being Mortal following a complaint involving Bill Murray. The film is set to be Aziz Ansari's feature directorial debut. THR learned that the Disney-backed studio made the decision to put a pause on the shoot following a complaint filed last week of inappropriate behavior involving Murray. When asked about Murray, Searchlight said it doesn't comment on investigations. No further details were given. Starring Murray, Seth Rogen, and Kiki Palmer, Being Mortal is based on the nonfiction book Being Mortal, Medicine, and What Matters in the End. So we all do know who Kiki Palmer is, right? We remember her, right? Yes. Yep. I got a tweet from her. So there is an alleged beef right now between Bill Murray, comedic legend Bill Murray, and child superstar Kiki Palmer. Okay. All right. I'm gonna say that one more time because this is very different. This is yeah. gen- this is generational. Yeah, yeah. This is racial. And this sex. is sexist. And- this is what well, I don't say sexist, but you but know, in what I'm battle with the sexist, in the battle with the sexist, this is old Hollywood versus new Hollywood. Yeah, this is a lot going on right here. Yeah, that's why I want to talk about it, and it involves this Black American woman who is next up in Hollywood. Yeah, Kiki Palmer. And if you don't think Kiki Palmer is next up, well, think about this: Aziz Azari, who, uh, you know, we talked about Netflix last week. Yeah, and to be honest with you, Aziz had a, a great show in Masters of None. Even though it only lasted about two or three seasons, that's one of the reasons why I don't like Netflix with some of their shows. It's like, they, be, they give you some good content it's just for a season or two. It's like, damn. Like, like, The Punisher is one of my favorite TV shows the last 10 years. Yeah, they need, they need to bring that back. That's bro. what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, how did you not... Like, if this was on ABC, this would never went off TV. Like, this is too good of a show. But anyway, she got a movie called Being Mortal, which is directed written, and going to be starring Aziz, shut down, along with Seth Rogen. He's another actor that's going to be in it. So think about this. Kiki Palmer, who was in the long shots in 2008 with Ice Cube, Barbershop, back in business. Uh, she was True Jackson VP. Of course, we know she's a killer in the B. Mm-hmm. But now she is with, in, in white Americas, or even for Aziz, India America, in their eyes, she's about to be in top tier Hollywood conversation right here as far as like who she's acting with right. in this movie. Right. Bill Murray, Seth Rogen, Aziz Azari, that's a lot of promotion in America. Let's just keep that real. That's big time. That's big time for Kiki Palmer. And Kiki Palmer said this in a tweet. Not that this got it shut down, but it was some inappropriate behavior that she didn't like. Mm-hmm. Shut this movie down. Here's the tweet. It's not always about how good you are at the actual job. It's about how you show up at the job. Are you on time? Do you have a good attitude? Are you efficient? Are you flexible? Are you calm under fire? Do you represent yourself and the employer well? Are you a good communicator? These are the things people sometimes don't think matters, especially those who work in fields that come natural to them. It can double your rate in any field if you create an enjoyable experience for the client. And it can lower your rate when people don't like the experience of working with you, no matter the outcome of the actual task. I'm talented, but I'm not arrogant enough to believe that there aren't many talented people. However, not every talented person is a professional and people pay for professionalism. 
So, I ask you smarts. You go first. Okay. Is this tweet absolute? Which means, is it absolutely right? Is it unaware? Which means, is Kiki, like, I feel you, but I don't think you, uh, you got to see the bigger picture. Or is it just plain old absurd, like, hey, Kiki, yo, yo, listen, you with some top tier talent. Like, last time, I, yo, you was doing Black Nick Cannon shows. What are you talking about, girl? So, you tell me which one is it. Um, I'm going to say she's being, it's absolute in my mind, only because she's only applying principles to her career. You know what I'm saying? The, your success always revolves on how easy are you to work with? Are you on time? Can I talk to you? Are you flexible? Those are the best people to work with. You could, you could have low, mid-tier talent and that will get you further and get you paid more because you're easier to work with. If you're difficult to work with, you're offending people and people can't rely on you, but you come and you do a great job when you're on set, when the cameras come on, then your your acting is is amazing, but everything else around that is is hectic or things are not getting done or people are uncomfortable for whatever reason, then you know it's not no one is gonna want to be around you, they're not gonna wanna pay you. So I would say it's absolute, but a little bit unaware because um, I, I mean, I guess in a sense, she would have to be unaware. She can't really just say exactly what happened. It's kind of like a, I would say like bland thing to say, like it's, it's kind of telling you the situation without really telling you. So, but I, I would definitely say it's um, absolute because that's exactly how it is when you work as a civilian or you work anywhere, any job. If nobody don't want to work around you, they're not going to require you or request for you to come to the job or do anything depending on what you do as a job. If you're a contractor, whatever you do, if, if your performance is good, but then your attitude stinks, nobody really going to want you to be there. So, yeah. Why do why you think it's a little unaware? I'm, I'm, conf- I'm confused. I'm a little curious about that. Well, I'm I'm saying it's underwear because I, listen, like you said, she's coming up in Hollywood and and it's old Hollywood and it's new Hollywood. Now, old Hollywood can get you shut down, so I see where she didn't want to fill in the blanks, so she's playing it safe. I I really I really see that, and I definitely understand her doing that because she got to play her part to continue to get her parts and be professional. I make this quick for everybody. I'm gonna say it's absolute. She's absolutely right, but I do want to say some other things. Okay, if I may. So number one, I love what she said. I hate the fact that people that are around you on an everyday, like, yo, think to yourself, how nice do you think you really are? Like in your mind, you may think like, yo, I'm really nice to people. Like I really do things for people. Right. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes it'd be that one day something bothered you. Yeah. And then you just take it out on the world because you've been so nice for so long. Right. It's like, man, well, well you know what? Today's my day. I'm a, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Today's my day. I'm going to be a curmudgeon and act up on the world. And then it'd be that day where somebody going to put out a tweet on you and be like, man, it just pays to be professional. And he'd be like, what? Man, I've been professional since God knows when. Now, that doesn't mean I'm talking about Bill Murray. I'm just talking about everyday occurrences. And I'm, and I'm bringing that up because this is that old Hollywood versus new Hollywood I want to put in your brain system for a second. Think okay. about this. Okay. Bill Murray comes from Saturday Night Live, 70s comedy, cigarette, comic talk. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a different time. A whole different... I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I'm just saying where he comes from. Right. Yo, there are few movies. Charlie's Angels in 2000. Him and Lucy Liu went at it. 
There's a movie, What About Bob, with Richard Dreyfuss in 1991 threw an ashtray at Richard Dreyfuss. He has a best friend in Harold Ramis from the classic movie Ghostbusters. The man hasn't talked to him in 20 years. Mm. He didn't didn't start talking to him before... this movie. No, not even until this movie, until he died. Before he... I'm sorry. Oh, oh, the the dude that played Eon. He didn't speak to him until maybe like a month or two. This is according to Hollywood.com. Before he died. Before he died. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, now, hear me out. I'm saying all that for Bill Murray saying, like, this is his upbringing. Right. Right? Think about my homegirl Kiki. Kiki is a child star. She was always taught to behave. She was... I you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm following you. I'm following and, you. And, and here's the thing about her that makes her beautiful. Because Drew Barrymore, if we want to talk about... And I, 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 we're trying my best. I'm trying my best not to like come at some white privilege and be mean because it has nothing to do with white people. But on some white privilege, <laughs> Drew Barrymore was in the rehab in her 20s. That's a fact. And they gave her a job back. This sister right here, Kiki Palmer, when she, uh, when she did uh, True Jackson, uh, v, was it True, True Jackson VP? Was it VP True Jackson? One or the other. The Nick Cannon show, but it was Kiki Palmer. <laughs> no, I'm being funny, but real she made $20,000 each episode. She had 60 episodes of that, of that uh, show. She was the fourth highest paid child actor in that time. Kiki Palmer is something special. And the fact that she's still under 30 years old, she's about to be the new Viola Davis for all we know. And I think, hey, look, as a child, a child actor, you could be a spoiled brat, but you're not a bad person. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're not someone that's like, oh, no, it is. I can't work with Shirley Temple. You got your f***ing mind. You know what I mean? Like, right. So I appreciate the fact that she came from that angle with it. Although I think there's a reality where I come from a time where Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, um, Jay-Z, Puff Daddy. Hell, um, what's my homegirl name? Nicki Minaj. Like, for all we know, they come off like assholes. Yeah, but no, I'm just saying. I understand what you're saying. No, I understand exactly what you're they saying. They give a presence off. LeBron James, they give a presence off that's like I only eat yellow MMs. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and but mind you, they have so much success too. It's like, yo, as as nice as I really want to be, one day I'm gonna tell you just the yellow MMs, mother. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. 
but nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. What the f***? This that pilot right here. Yo, don't be biased. Ayo, do not be biased. Smarts, don't even be biased. Don't act like that. Ayo, dog, dog, dog. Don't onion ring me, dog. <laughs> Yo. Don't do that. These onion rings is banging, bro. We're going to talk about Pusha T. Oh, we're going to talk about Pusha T. Yo, let's talk about Pusha T. These onion Pusha rings. T. Let's talk about these onion rings. Pusha T got a new album out and it debuted number one. We're going to talk about Pusha T. Put oh. the unring down. All right, one more. One more. One more. Hurry up. All right. I'm here. Now you want to have my podcast. Sponsored by onion rings. Sure. Wise onion rings at that. Not the Funyuns. The wise onion rings, the ones that you used to get when you used to go to school and leave school and eat. They still on point. Anyway, let's go. Pusha T, in his mind, thinks that he has four classics. If you listen to track six of his new album, it's almost dry, which is, by the way, a crack reference. We're going to get into his crack references in a second. It's a crack reference to let you know when it's almost dry, it is at its highest and it's at its flyest. All right. So he's trying to let you know this is as close to the pure as you're going to get. Okay. Until the next album, which is probably going to just be dry as hell. Okay. Who knows? Okay. But here's the thing. I applaud Pusha T for being a consistent Bar spitter. Like this, I want to produce this style of music no matter what. This is what I want to do. And I think with this last album, it's almost dry. It's the best version of what he wants to do. Daytona was very close as well, in my opinion. But Pusha T is the 2000 version of 2 Chains. Okay. In the 2010s, when TD Boy came out, they didn't know, oh, Titty Boy, that's from Player Circle. They had that one song with Lil Wayne. If I don't do nothing, I'm a ball. Yep. You know, the clock on the wall, all that little duffel bag boy. Yeah, we know the song. But at the same time, his character, because 2 Chains is a great rapper, in my opinion. He's a great lyricist. And him jumping on good music with Kanye West gave him some dope beats so he can showcase that lyricism. But I think it's the, like his, just who he is, like just this tall, lanky, I don't know, dark skinned Snoop Dogg weed head type of guy. I don't know. He has a character behind him. Okay. Pusha T doesn't have any of that. Pusha T is just hard body weight pusher rapper, which is every, well, I don't say every, but it's like 78% of studio rappers. 78%. I'm being funny. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm like, what? I'm being funny, but <laughs> you get the point that I'm making. Second. Yeah, yeah, like 78%. The average rapper that will come here in the studio and say, look, I got 180, let me get a three hours in. Got you. They coming in here with the drug bars. That's Yeah, that, that's true. That's all that's I'm true. saying. That's true. That's, that's all true. I'm saying. That's true. And Pusha T is top notch from China where Frank Lucas went to go get the product from. He's that though. You know what I'm saying? And I applaud him for never trying to change that flow. Like, I'm not going to go commercial. I think he should go commercial. That's what, in my opinion, him going commercial will probably have him on a, I don't want to say a Jay-Z level, but maybe T.I. or Ludacris. That hustler mentality in the rap game type of level. Right. But anyway, whether you agree or disagree, I want to know from you two things. Number one, with this new album, it's almost dry. He has used a new marketing scheme and it's called, let me get my producer friends on the show. So he has six songs from Kanye. 
Uh-huh. He has six songs from Pharrell. Okay. Before you let me know how many flights you think the album has, let me know which producer did their thing on the album better. Pharrell. Okay. Elaborate. Um, I just think the beats, the music that Pharrell put on, it wasn't the normal Pharrell beat that you were normally accustomed to hearing. It was a street Pharrell. It was the old Pharrell. It was, it was a raw Pharrell. Like went back to the essence. He got in with Pusha, Pusha, took him back to the block. You know what I'm saying? Oh, 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 no. You know what I'm saying? All See, the way back. And that was fire. And the beats are fire, dog. I thought Pusha did bring the beats to... Like, I thought the beats were very commercial. Some of them. Not in a bad way. They were okay. I, like, like this. I just scraped it off the top. I'm like, okay, this is... I think the Kanye beats was commercial. Right here. I think the Kanye beats was commercial. I don't really? think... Yes. I don't think the Pharrell beats were commercial for this reason. Okay. Every beat that you heard from Kanye, it sounded like Kanye, which by default makes it commercial. But hold on. You don't think the Pharrell beats sound like Pharrell beats? No. Other than, beats? Uh, other than a couple of chords and the patterns, the way he played, but the beats was street. No, they was definitely street. That the, for when the, Pharrell hasn't made a street beat in how long? Everything has been poppy, up-tempo, and happy, and... I tell you one thing right now though, my rapping ass could rap on any Daft Punk beat he got going on, oh, except for Happy though. Absolutely, but I I'm, could get on that. But though. The, but they commercial is they are. You don't know what. So that, there, there was a, there was definitely um, a, a, a transformation from in, in Pharrell on Pusha T's album. Okay, Kanye was consistently Kanye. That's fair. Nothing wrong with that. How many flights you want to give it? I'm gonna give it two and a half flights. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Give me an onion ring. God damn it. <laughs> Let me get an onion ring. Mm, mm, God damn. Why you want to do that? I'm only giving it two and a half flights because I like Pusha T as a rapper. Like you said, he's a dope street rapper. He's the dude that everybody, he's he from the hood. He's from the street. You feel me? And he, he, he does, you got to listen to him in pieces. He got some bangers and then that's about it. You get to two or three bangers and then you good. The rest of the album is like, yeah, you can't really... You know He's what? He's not really consistent. You, you know were saying? saying that earlier offline. You was yeah. like, yo, I, I heard it in bits and pieces. So, so well, walk, I, I walk me through to, that. I listened to it from front to back. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. But, but you said in bits, bits and pieces. So how like how how does that go for you? Like, what are you doing? Like, like maybe like the first verse and you lay, laying it off or what? Yeah, like how the does first, that go? Yeah, like into the half of the song, I just <laughs> move into the, onto the next song. Yo, I wonder if yeah. we all, all as Americans doing that now, we just take a minute 30 of the song, like, all right, we'll, we'll get the rest of the song later. No, if you like <laughs> it, you're not going to turn it off. Okay, okay. So you kind of like, ah, right, you know what? This is okay, but I can I can come back to this. I listen to the whole thing. I listen to it from front to back. When I, when I went against my urges <laughs> to fast forward it, but the songs that, the songs, <laughs> the songs that I liked, I didn't get the urge. Five flights. I, feel, I, I know. I understand why you would give him five flights. Five flights. Listen, I, look. As you know, I'm a lyricist, and when when I hear some bars, I I get the I get the smiling. I get happy. And Pusha T. We talked about this on our on our group chat. Top five rappers with the drug bars. Yeah. The Pusha flow. Okay. And, and we we still put Jay Z number one just because it's Jay Z. Right. But there the source and Double XL have. Uh, they have put an article out talking about uh, well, not only Pusha T being Jay Z's uh, favorite rapper, but 
Jay-Z letting people know like, yo, on Naked Wrist, I'm like, yo, what you wanted me to do with this? Yo, push, like, you you ripping this. Right, right. Yo, like, that's a lot of praise. Because in my mind, Pusha T is Jay-Z. Pusha T is the Memphis Bleak Jay-Z always wants. Oh, my God. I'm going to put it out there oh, and just say it, yo. <laughs> they, might as well do coming of, they might as well do coming of age three. Pusha and Hove. And oh my God, let Kanye produce it. Yeah, because I definitely think Kanye 6 was better than Pharrell 6. But I will say this. It was neck and neck. It was a, like, it was a tie. I had to do a tiebreaker. Okay. Uh, just so you remember. Mm-hmm. And I hate to bring up the wrestling, the wrestling stuff in me. Right. But when I hear that song, and if I was six foot four, 210 pounds, mm-hmm. and I would tell Vince McMahon, I want this song, put the belt on me, let's go. Like that song is very powerful. Like, it, like when you walk in somewhere, like Kanye for me as a producer, not that he's, I think Pharrell's a better producer than Kanye. It's just that Kanye right now is serving up music that you don't have to necessarily go to a party for. Okay, you yeah. don't have the club for you get a vibe off of it, yeah. and I appreciate that. Yeah, you know what I mean, like because that's that's what we had in the nineties, and I'm not trying to say we need some no. back in the day stuff. Yeah. It's a vibe. It's that's- more of I don't have to make club rap to be a commercial success. I just have to have the best song out and the best vibe out. That's a great point. I'm just going to let you know that it's debatable for the tiebreaker because I think. Kanye only produced five of them joints. The one with Ty Oliver sound like Travis might have had his hands in that. Yeah, the guests had some. Some had to go to the hospital. Yeah, they, they was. Know what they was, was wrong with them. They was like, mm, 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 What did you put in this lasagna? She <laughs> was like, so <laughs> she was like, it makes you feel like you're floating, right? <laughs> Banging. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I let y'all talk. I let y'all talk. I allowed you guys and girls to insinuate America about what we're about to talk about. So uh-huh. we're uh-huh. going to take you to a town. I can't believe I'm about to say this word. We're going to take you to a town called Longwood, Florida. <laughs> yes. A 42-year-old Florida bride and her 31-year-old caterer. And I got to let you know that, yes, the 42-year-old woman who's the bride is a white American woman and the 30-year-old woman is a black American woman. And yes, Keisha, she does look like Annabelle. Wow. But anyway, these women were arrested on a Monday a few weeks ago following this investigation by the county sheriff's office where they're charged with tampering, negligence, and the delivery of my favorite substance, marijuana. Mm-hmm. She decided to marry, we're talking about the bride, she decided to marry her man. And she said, you know what, baby, I want to go, well, I guess out. But in, I don't know how you want to say that. I just want to go out of this uh, single life in style. Mm-hmm. I want to do the hot life. <laughs> we ain't talking Miller Lite, all right? I'm going to lace everything up with this weed. Everything mm-hmm. is THC up in here. And you don't even tell nobody. Only you and the caterer know. That is wild. And the police when they came there. That is <laughs> Wild. So I just want to ask a question. This is a quick relationship question. This is for the husband that didn't know nothing. Let's say you are the significant other in this marriage. Well, this one day marriage, I don't know, a four hour marriage, if you will. If convicted of their tampering, each each woman will get $5,000. Now, let's say you're the man or the woman in this relationship 
where you're the person that didn't get high and you had to pay $10,000. I understood. I mean, come on, because that's the caterer. Let's just, right. let's just keep it real. Right, right, right. It's not a $5,000 fine. You're paying $10,000. It's a $10,000 fine. Mm-hmm. Is this $10,000 grounds for a divorce? I want to hear from Keisha first. Talk to me, honey. I mean, I don't think it's grounds for divorce. I do believe she should have told her, at least her husband, uh, just let people know, like, here's the options we have. We got lasagna with this in it and beer with that. Like, she can let these people know because some of these people didn't know what was wrong with them. They had to go to the hospital and be, and be told, like, oh, you just high. You know what I mean? Like, here you are with a $500 hospital bill because your friend got you high at her wedding. You know what I'm saying? And as, and as her husband, I mean, I'm, I, pre- I feel like I might have laughed at first, but $10,000 is a lot of damn money. And I would have been like, look, sweetheart, like, you're going to have to work this off in many ways. But I went, I went and divorced her. You know what I mean? I, I'm going to agree with Keisha on that. I wouldn't divorce either. Um, I've already said the vows. I mean, depending on how long they were in a relationship, he probably knew his wife to be his fiance had had some tendencies to do some sneaky stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? It would it would have been funny if no one would have gone to the hospital. Let's just keep it real. What I would do is do a poll on who got high and felt great, and then put out a GoFundMe and tell me owe me. <laughs> Right? Wait, I'll get it. Like, y'all owe me money. The people who got laced and had a great time and was high, I put out a GoFundMe and say, hey, we got a $10,000 bill we got to pay. <laughs> you got high. You had a great <laughs> time. <laughs> put some money idea. in the pot. <laughs> and we could do it again next week. Next time, we'll let you know. Because you know the recipe was on point. <laughs> they had a weed reception pop-up. They did a snowfall. Like, basically, yeah. that's what happened. You know what I'm saying? If if no one would have went to the hospital, it would have been funny. It would have been a story, right? But it, it got out of control. They put weed and too much weed into everything and uh, backfired. You know what I'm saying? But I wouldn't have divorced my wife. Thank you for flying the late night flight. Shout out to all the pilots who contribute to the fastest rising podcast. Hey, yo, what the f***? This is a pilot right here. 